Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? <laughs> oh, and the, the whole week you'll be here. <laughs> okay. Wow. Just, just something. So anyway, you're an intelligent man. Thank you. Make a good living. Not bad. Got a good life. Pretty good. Answer me one question. Why the hell would you want to spend your time being an independent podcast, editing all those episodes, and living life like a recluse during your free time? Uh, you, you wouldn't understand. Try me. You see, I have great memories of movies. When I was a kid and growing up and, you know, stuff that I used to watch with my friends and even my dad and... I want our fans to have those same memories. I mean, look around you, Jack, for God's sake. These are beautiful movies here. Go have a watch. I'll tell you what I see when I look out there, if you want to know. Yeah, sure, I'm, I'm curious. I see the underdeveloped resources of the podcast universe, YouTube and Amazon Prime Music. I see a syndicated development exploiting over a billion and a half dollars in podcast products. See a Toochline voicemail mail, and if the strategic downloads are there, an Apple Podcast review mining operation. A green belt between the indie pods on the front lines and a monetary distribution facility focusing on the newest rage in podcast downloads and quality guest hosts. Top 10 lists, early screenings, charity events, limited edition merchandise, and Patreon exclusives. All huddled together and safely contained within the podcast, waiting to strike. Now, I ask you, what do you see? I, uh, I just see movies. Well, uh, no one ever accused you of having the grand vision. Nope. Maybe it's all for the best while the really ambitious scramble for power and money that the Drew Hallams of the world will just be laid back and casually stroll along life's path. I meant that as a compliment. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> The rest of us are probably going to die of heart attacks and strokes long before you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Just a bunch of people just dropping dead. Look at the maggots on that meat. I guess I'm just old fashioned. I like assholes. <laughs> oh. Well, they better be. They're $26 a pop. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. We are so glad that you are here. If this is your first time here, we are a movie review show where every two weeks... Fortnightly! Fortnightly! That was it. Every two weeks, we review a different movie of a different genre every single time. And we are ever so glad you're here. And today's movie is my genre choice of vacation films. And I could not look past 1988's The Great Outdoors. What the Bilbo grab baggins wills. Real feels fulfills. Ooh, patent pending, Ooh. trademark. Yeah. 
Made my nipples hard. Roll that beautiful bean footage. This is Chet. You remember me, Chet Ripley? How you doing? This is his family. You can run around here naked as a bear and not worry about running into anybody. This is Roman. What a gas. This is his family. I'm waiting for their heads to rotate around and vomit pea soup. They're about to spend one week together in the great outdoors. We weren't invited. Ah, they'll be tickled to death to see us. Who invited them anyway? But this is no holiday. The man is an ass! This is war. know a good time if it fell out of the sky landed on your face and started to wiggle are you gonna argue or are you gonna enjoy yourself dan Aykroyd, john candy the great outdoors outdoor fun for the whole family that had to hurt I don't want to hear any more about anyone blowing anything out of their asses. <laughs> a pontoon boat? No, we're going to get a jet boat. Oh, my gosh. Big, big bear. Big bear. Chase me. <laughs> Dad, that's six hot dogs. <laughs> They're for everybody, and I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, this, this is such a fun film for me, and I, I really enjoyed it growing up. I absolutely loved watching this. Now, I think a lot of people might not feel that it is John Candy's best comedy, and I don't think it is, you know, for miles. I really don't. I was going to say, wait, does does anyone here think that this is his best? No. No, 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 no. If you do, here's a quarter. Go watch Cool Runnings. Head downtown (laughs) and have a rat and all that opinion off. I think Jack might have a better point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I think something like Uncle Buck is, is going, you know, leaps and bounds over this one. But there is a simplicity of this. And I think that that's kind of like always what spoke to me is that it was far more relatable than like something like Uncle Buck is with the antics and everything within Uncle Buck. I mean, what what is everyone's history with this film? This was a staple for me growing up. This was was well, well played. We had the VHS. It got its mileage due. I only watched this one time on vacation, long, long time ago, well, camping, or not, you know, not camping, but uh, cabining, and I liked it. Uh, that must have been pretty meta. It, it felt very meta. Um, that was meta before I even knew what meta was. But again, this movie is, it's funny. It's got a lot of like moments where you're like, oh, this is cool. It's cool to see, because I go to Bass Lake often now. Uh, that's Brooks' family's, like, go-to place. And so now it's kind of like, oh, Deucey's, what do you know? Like, Bass Lake, where it was all filmed. So yeah, it's it's a fine movie. It definitely has uh, some really good laughs. But again, I would fight anyone to the death to say this is Johnny Candy's or Dan Aykroyd's, you know, 
cop film. So this, uh, Drew, do we have any vital statistics on this? It is a Hughes production, but it is not directed by the Hughes himself. All right. So if there was one man who was super busy in the 80s, it was obviously John Hughes. John Hughes was going nonstop with everything that he was writing up and producing, directing, the whole nine yards. This might be the one downfall to this movie where John Hughes wrote it, however, did not have time due to conflicts with directing Planes, Trains and Automobiles. And it was left up to the director uh, who did take the place. Howard Dooch, I believe, is how you say it. But Howard Dooch was also the same director for Pretty in Pink. So it's not like he hasn't gotten his feet wet with something that was already successful, but... I don't know. This movie, though still good and still holds a place in my heart, it it does seem like it is lacking something. And I think that was like John Hughes, despite directing kind of like The Conjuring 3, missing James Wan. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, As much as I love this movie and I do love this movie, I just feel that unlike some of the other Hughes uh, movies from the Hughesian galaxy or universe, that it has not aged as well as some of his his more direct offerings. Uh, the comedy's there. It's great. I love Dan Aykroyd. Like, I love seeing him. I wish I could see... Uh, he, was, he was just in more things uh, for mm-hmm. me growing up. It's always a treat when he's there. Of course, John Candy, because uh, we, we lost him, uh, you know, many, many Too years soon. ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But there were, there were some things about the movie that I think a little bit more of a steady hand on the till would have helped knock some of the uh, the the sharp edges off of it. For instance, uh, the the older son's sort of ongoing love side that uh, story. Nowhere, and it, like I by the end of the movie, I'm like, I don't want to hear that wandering guitar rift anymore like the it is it, it is the it gets same inside music your, your head and it just repeats over and over again i'm in the shower this morning washing my hair just go but like mocking the movie like it goes nowhere and it like there are scenes that could have been cut off or more emphasis put into it because with that side story or side mission the younger son is like just just there with the the brother's sort of pointless side story where it ends with the girl just going like i want you to go back to chicago lovesick puppy compare me to every girl that leaves the younger son as just sort of like background like, he doesn't have any moments. Nothing really happens with him. He's just sort of there telling people to blow stuff out of their ass. Right. I mean, I think the only other moment that he truly has where he really gets anything of, like, screen time, like, personal screen time, is when they go to the bear dump. You started something. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 let's call it an evening. Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Me too. Me too. <sighs> yeah, but let, let's just go. Yeah. That didn't scare him, Dad. I'm, uh, I'm gonna move now. I'm moving now. All right, I'll just, I'll just drive out. I'll just, I'll just, he'll, he'll jump right off. Don't you, don't you worry. Dad? Yeah, 
Isn't it illegal to drive with a bear on your hood? I, 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 I don't know when this takes. I'm like, I just don't. Yogi and Boo Boo in the flesh. Wish the hell Ranger Smith would get out here and get us home. Hey, easy on the roof, pal. Should have brought Uncle Roman's car. That's really it, honestly. But the focus is on the bears there. Like, he, he's just sort of along for the ride. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like, he, he'll he sit there and he's like, Dad, they're getting on the car. Dad, isn't it illegal to drive with a car on or with a bear on top of your car? I mean, he gets he gets a few little, you know, cheeky lines. But you're right. Like, I mean, nothing necessarily happens yeah. with the younger brother. And then the, the two little girls, like, yeah, it's funny for two seconds that they're, like, silent and strange. But that gets old, too. So the, they're basically just like a creepy MacGuffin for the end of the movie to draw the bear into the plot. Yes. They are the most annoying part of this entire film. Do you sense the presence of an alien life form? You know, now you mention it, I do kind of sense something kind of strange. But the other cast, young Annette Benning, man, really mm, young. Which is her first film. No shit. Damn. Yeah, this was her first film. I mean, and watching her, of course, like, I mean, just like stunning. But then also you think of like everything that like is going to come her way in future times. And of course, I always loved her as the doctor's sister in Open Range. Amazing. Which, uh, that's sucks. one of my favorite Westerns. Yeah. And I mean, okay, Stephanie Pharisee. I think she is just adorable in this role. I think that she, I think she realistically fits as like John Candy's wife. She's like the most 80s wife. Nailed it right there. That you could have. And just the the way that like when they're like kind of fooling around, I love that whole like little banter that they do and her just kind of like, oh, stop it. Oh, like, oh my gosh. What are you doing? I just, I know there's filth around here and stop. He's like, how about we do runway show? I don't want to do runway show. Why? What, what would I be wearing? <laughs> Shivana like tem- of the forest. <laughs> you're temptress of the woods. Oh, I love when I'm temptress of the woods and I'll be Bert, Bert a guy named Bert. Oh, I love that Bert. That is like probably the best um, Bob and Linda from Bob's Burgers that like I can envision. They're just so... <laughs> Like adorable, but yet like just real. There, I don't know. It's it's more. It makes more sense. Like their their playfulness, and especially like how John Candy, uh, Chet is trying to be all like, well, you know, the kids are gone. They're down at the lake. Why? And we have the whole house for ourselves. We can run around naked if we wanted to. Like he's really trying to get a little bit romantic and frisky. And when she's later on talking to her sister Kate, and she's all like, we haven't made love in a week, and he's she's oh, like, month. oh really? Wow, a week. A month, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't made love in a month. And she's just like, oh, yeah, okay, a month. Wow, you uh, you poor thing. Because for her, it's probably like... Is, yeah, isn't that everyone? Isn't that, isn't that like normal? Like, don't you... Isn't it like every... Isn't it like every two or three months? Or in the case of, uh, you know, Zero the Gate you Blade once a year? You do 12 <laughs> times in one night? Three more months! <laughs> three more months! <laughs> uh, it's just... It's such a... It's, it's an interesting way that you look at the dynamics between the characters. The only thing that I don't necessarily buy 100%, despite liking the movie as a whole, is how Connie and Kate interact with each other. You know what I mean? Like, I think, they don't seem so like yeah, sisters. We're, we're talking about who no, we think. Uh, yeah. 
We're talking about, right, right. Connie Connie and Kate are the connecting factor between the two families. They are the sisters, but they don't act like sisters. I don't know what sister is going to be like walking in with her husband, having the video camera going while her sister is being like undressed and bra detached. And she's going to sit there and just like, idly kind of giggle and then cover her children's so, eyes. No, like, so I who's comfortable with this? Roman and Connie were brother and sister because... Because he smooches her? Yeah, like, and he's just like, they're very like... I think that'd be even weirder. <laughs> I, oh, of course, but at the same time, like, I think that maybe he's just, they're just more comfortable around each other, and... and Roman Roman has, like, the whole slick yuppie yeah, thing just, going on. I don't on. know, maybe he's, he's more like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you married Chet, this guy that's, uh, you know, he's a good man, that's great, but, uh, really, you know... Is that good enough for my sister? Uh, but it, it it could just be family dynamics. Like my brother-in-law, like hugs my wife, you know, hello or goodbye on family occasions. While my sister-in-law, like I went in for a hug once, <laughs> and I will never do it again. Because uh, it's a just sister? like, oh well, I guess yeah, that's just, oh yes, okay, yes. Uh, no, I was afraid I was going to get frostbitten. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and and I wasn't going in for like uh like the full press, you know. You do like the the Eiffel yeah. Tower hug, you know, maybe like a shoulder touches, but uh, <laughs> never again. Uh, Katie, if you ever listen to our podcast, and you never will, you're a stone cold bitch. <laughs> oh, is that why she took shots of Fireball to warm up her cold heart? <laughs> that, that's that's what I uh, that's what I, I got her as my gift to her remember, for yeah. Christmas was the one of those canes. big giant candy canes of the the fireball shots uh, and she uh, we had Christmas dinner over here and she uh, put that fireball to use because I think fireball is is like like getting like candy corn Whoa! like if you're gonna if you're shots gonna get fired! it if you if you're gonna get if you're gonna have candy like. Have some fucking candy, but that's fine. Fireball, he, he, it's just really, really bad whiskey. He can, he can compare it to candy corn. I will still eat my candy corn. I'm with Jack. I am not a fan of Fireball. I, I do not understand it. Uh, then again, I'm not a drunk, you know, 19 year old college girl. Hey, but she's not 19, and then that, I, I, and I thought that's what the target audience was for Fireball is something that that kids who are just starting out drinking and partying in high school or college, that's what they would get because it covers, it covers the, the taste. taste, you know, like, it represses bad Christmas memories, whatever they're trying to zoom for. <laughs> yeah. So great, great outdoors. outdoors. And you know what? This is a charming little town, kind of like how, you know, Nathan was saying, like filmed at Bass Lake, but supposedly set in can or in Wisconsin. With, you know, is, is Cammy still there? Uh, is she she roaming around she, uh, Nathan question. with her with her tomboy oh. hat and her cigarettes? <laughs> She's just on the dock. Just like <laughs> you need to fill up. You're like, I don't think you should be smoking while you pump gas. But OK, is, is her phone just loudly playing that guitar rift? <laughs> I think I think, <laughs> I think that Lucy Deacons in this film is very very cute. I think she is incredibly attractive. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, she's a practicing attorney. No, well, well, very good. She, she's also in uh, one of my sister's favorite movies, which I, I 
I will sit through it and and I I've, I've been meaning to watch it again. I haven't probably seen it in 15 years or so. The Boy Who Could Fly. It's it's sort of a lesser known 80s offering. Uh I think the the biggest name in it is the guy who played uh, Herman Munster. Uh and the judge and my cousin Vinny is his name escapes me right now, but it's an interesting movie. But yeah, she does have that 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 sort of clean cut 80s girl next door quality mm-hmm. to her. I yeah, I think she's I think she's a acute casting for the role. I mean, again, you get this like standoffish position from her because it's kind of weird how she like she she states herself and proclaims that she is not a tourist attraction and that she like sets up this guard to not to not be hurt but i mean <laughs> she says she's not a tourist attraction but he's like well i got a groupon and she's like well all right i mean this says 20 percent off it's expired but does it still count he's like chill yeah <laughs> dating me gets you free chili cheese dogs there she you builds go. up all these walls to like protect herself but then she just lets him right in like she doesn't want any of this to, supposedly to happen because it's just what every boy that she apparently has ever had a relationship with, never lasting more than two weeks, has always taken place. But she still lets it happen. I mean, I don't know if she's... Maybe it's the the uh, the haircut, the perfectly quaffed haircut on uh, the, the the oldest guy there. He's so uh, the oldest son. suave and just like, oh, like, <laughs> what? My... Chet is my dad and Roman like those two names Chet and Roman are such like <laughs> yo bro it's Chet and Roman like and my name's Buck first I'm gonna go out on the jet boat then I'm gonna meet up with you after eight and I'm gonna give you a motorboat I, I do like some some of the supporting cast as well as uh, Robert Prosky uh, as Wally he's been in a yes. ton of stuff and Nancy Leanhan Leanne that's the uh, the waitress. Yes, she's in Seinfeld in just a nice little spot, yep. and I just I'm like, oh, you're you're here. I like you. <laughs> I'll have the medley of perch. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> and the raccoons, the raccoons. <laughs> wonderful job. The, the raccoons always made me laugh because we used to go camping in Idlewild, and raccoons were like everywhere. If you would, if you would come out to the back porch at just the right moment and you would open the door. You wouldn't turn on the light, but from enough light coming in from the kitchen, you could just see like five or six little pairs of glowing marbles, like just like right back at you. And if you did flip on the light, suddenly you just see raccoons and they'd stop and just like run away. Drew, where, where did you guys go for your family vacations? Where was your spot? Okay, so I mean, if we went camping, we went to Idlewild. And we went to Idlewild Idlewild? mainly because our family friends. Oh, you know, I think it isn't it. uh, I believe it's near Hume Lake. Let me look up Idlewild, California. Uh, We would go to it. I don't know if you guys ever ever heard like there's there's sort of a correlation of where people certain people live. And they happen to also go on vacation. Like there's a reputation that if if you live if you're from Bakersfield and you go to the beach, you're going to that Newport. No, 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 no. Shit, I, it escapes me. Uh, it starts with a P, I think. Fuck. Pismo. Oh, only, but yeah. Pismo. Yeah, you go to Pismo Beach. Uh, so there is a reputation of people in Ohio go to 
Hilton Head, South Carolina, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And this was proven the one summer we went there and two other kids from my soccer team were also there in like the same condo on the same beach because people in Ohio Hmm. go to Hilton Head. And they all come back wearing shirts from the oh. Salty Dog Cafe. Uh, Nathan, to answer your question, so Idlewild, also known as like Pine Cove, is in Riverside County, California. It's about four hours from Bakersfield. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a nice little area. Our family mm. friends had a cabin, which we could all stay in. And it, like one of the fondest memories was just the most comfortable hammock in the in the backyard. And it's not even like a normal backyard. It was like you had maybe like... 10 foot of ground and then the rest just like sloped down with a bunch of trees where if you went down like maybe a quarter of a mile you would eventually hit like a hiking trail so i mean you could go anywhere around just you know a shit ton of pine needles everywhere but i mean it was nice and it was it was a comfortable kind of thing i grew up in kern valley which is an hour east of bakersfield where not many people know or care about um, it's a shit town, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Bakersfield, that's a shit town. And yeah, the the river, Kern River, is and has always been kind of my family's go-to. And we used to... My grandparents owned a resort that was up there before it burned down. At oh, Rhodes, Rhodes shit. End. It was an awesome place. There was a, a bar, a restaurant, a general store, ten cabins. And it was right there on the river, and it was where the road originally like would like ended and there was a tree in the middle and then they continued that road on to johnsondale and ponderosa everything kind of way back in there we had a spot on the river that was about two miles down uh, closer to town from road's end and i would get very angry when people were there and i would i remember telling my dad they're in our spot that's my spot. What? I would be so upset. And he's like, Nathan, it's a public river. Like, anybody can take it. It's fine. Did you, did you just, like, pull a Tom Hanks and just walk in? This is not your room. <laughs> no snipping of crotches. No eating from, drinking from toilets. You will wear a flea collar. This is not your room. Yeah. No, I was not having it. <laughs> so are you are you uh, pout stomping around the campsite making random Tom Hanks, you know, noises like ah, ah, 9751? Ah. This is dog food. <laughs> yes. Uh, Turner and Hooch the whole time. Yeah, it, I loved it, though. I loved being on the river and being up at Road's End. I spent so much time up there and that was like our cheap you know camping because my grandparents owned it and so during the off season no one's staying in one of the cabins it's like why don't you guys just stay in the cabin for the week all right cool so so yeah a lot of fun i love water too Mm -hmm. i love being by lakes and rivers that is you do one of my favorite things about going on vacation was a day or two before we would leave because we we would drive there and it's you know probably a good i don't know 10 12 hours if not more is i would get dropped off at the comic book store and handed like you know 20 30 bucks and just go buy like a big old stack of comic books necessary supplies necessary supplies and i just remember these long ass halls down to south carolina reading like punisher and mad magazine and uh all this crazy stuff 
with the fact that, you know, Roman essentially crashes their vacation, do you think that, like, the annoyance is justified or should he just kind of like gone into just kind of like rolled with it and smiled and nod and just kind of tried to make the best of the situation at hand chet jack you answer this first because i'm mixed on this uh uh, given their entrance is him filming their uh beginnings of foreplay and making fun of them i would have told them to fuck right off yes i think that first of all their (laughs) intro is horrendous and i'm surprised that like nobody screamed like uh what are you doing here and just more upsetness like if i think it was more the shock that he was there like they're just like dumbfounded i would be very taken back if all of a sudden my brother was just like hey we're here and like we're gonna stay with you we would have a very serious talk i'd be like hey what you gotta give me it. First of all, there's phones nowadays. Like, I understand that part where there's no phones to communicate uh, as quickly. But you just don't do that on someone's vacation. Just drop in for the whole vacation. Maybe like, hey, we're we're here for a day, but not for the whole vacation. Oh, we're gonna just take this bunk. Is that cool? Yeah, great. So, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I mean, it's, I like it. it's to the point where, like, I would be, like, my first thought would be, like, it's family. Let's try to make it work. But how much of a front he tries to put up, despite the fact that they are broke, like he goes out and he's still spending money to keep up this, you know, facade. The facade, yeah. Like renting the boat, buying the lobster tails. As he said, $28 a pop. Like that's just, it's so like egregiously over the top. It, it, it doesn't matter how much of like a front he's trying to put on he's still coming off as like an arrogant ass and even at the dinner table like her her uh his wife was like are you guys gonna keep fighting are we gonna have a good time and he's like i'm having a good time chet's the one that's arguing and this is like Uh, but you kind of get the idea that something's up you know there's ulterior motives to their visit like when they're at the bar and he's like oh i'm gonna go go use the bathroom uh yeah you you get drinks you get drinks and how they kind of goad him into doing uh the old 96er uh challenge so that it's not an issue who pays for dinner that is kind of an issue i mean dan Aykroyd does like bring it up and then he also he kind of does like you know you're right like put it into john candy's mind like if he can finish this none of us have to pay but also on top of that you're i like that oh just that it's kind it is kind of weird that he makes all these moves to establish oh yeah like i'm we're, we're doing so well things couldn't be better and when he drops the bomb about like we're broke and, you know, we this is kind of our, like, last chance is you taking this this uh, this long shot of a deal or whatever is so foreign to me. And maybe that's because I'm closer with my family than even I feel like my in-laws minus one because of a divorce. Uh, you know, in, if Jim came to me and was like, Nathan, you know, my, my sister's husband. Came to me and was like, Nathan, I, I need some help, man. Instantly, I'm like, dude, 
anything. What can I do? How can we, you know, work this out? First of all, how are you coming to me? I'm like the lowest <laughs> brother on the totem pole. Obviously, Paul and and, and Bob are up here. Why have you, have you gone to them? Is your your and like I'm the what am I? What entry level Nathan <laughs> over here? It it does seem weird that despite the fact apparently like with how I mean I don't want to say like that they are the closest of relatives like they seem to be seeing each other like maybe on like major holidays and, and it seems like they dislike uh, or at least yeah they don't like well, each other yeah. really it yeah I think they kinda, or at least yeah. Chet dislikes Roman I think they're kind of tolerant of each other but it also just seems it does right and nathan's right like i think it seems so out of place or to the fact that you know roman is so desperate that he is literally going to con his brother out of what we later learn according to kate who had talked to connie that it could be half of chet's yearly salary but like he was ready to go through with it up until he was like he he was was sweet up until the point where of course we get like the talk of like it's so nice that he trusts you with his financial well-being. And that could be the boy's college fund. He is he is a good man. You are a good man. Like, that whole thing. And that's where, of course, he slams on the brake. He's like, we have to go back. I'll explain later. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, uh, I'm the one with the Mercedes Benz. And I love uh, John mm. Candy's retort. Is, uh, uh, is it paid for? Oh, my gosh. Because... We all know somebody, and while it, it, it may not be a Mercedes Benz, where their fiscal decision decision making, you're just like, "What the fuck are you doing? Don't do that." Like, yeah, it, and it's hard not. It's, it's harder even with family, like with people you just kind of randomly know, or um, or you don't know at all. It's very easy to judge their, you know, like, why would you buy that? When it's family, it's that weird like do do you need do you need that? I, I really don't yeah. think that you know you need to do. Or when they're trying to like not show you up, but like no no no, I got you know dinner tonight. And you're like no no no, it's cool. We'll split it. You know, and they keep pushing it. Sometimes you're like okay sure, but knowing deep down inside like hey they don't have the funds for this. Like why? But it's that pride thing that Roman has that just supersedes yeah. all logic. Yeah. You know what, what luxury I like to enjoy? Ooh. Paying off my credit card every month. Very that's, true. That's, that's what I enjoy. That's what gives me when I hit that, that submit payment and there's, you know, I, I'm not getting charged any money or interest. That. That makes me hard. I, I kind of made that same comment to a couple of our podcast friend, uh, podcasting friends the other day. I even said, like, what is so satisfying about the fact that I know that I just scheduled, like, my monthly bills to be paid and I am not worried that, like, it's going to happen? Like, I mean, it, you're right. Like, it's a satisfying thing knowing that, like, you know, setting the credit card to be, you know, put into action. The mortgage payment is ready to, like, go through and... You're right. Like, I mean, it sucks where like maybe some people are not in that, you know, type of like financial situation where that could be readily available. But it is to the point where some people do try kind of like Roman to put on a front to not let people know that they are actually like poorer than they actually are. Or they make horrible choices with buying certain things. And, you know, for a fact that like you shouldn't do this, you don't have that much money or you shouldn't do this. You're severely in debt. Like. (laughs) 
what are you thinking? Look, can we go into the antics of like them on the lake and just like we'll we'll talk about the the skiing, obviously, which he's. T- I I, okay. I want that stunt man to get an award because that's that's some crazy antics. Oh no, the duckies. <laughs> But when he's teaching his son, like, how to do the skiing, why does he have, why is he so geared up, ready to go with the, that's where I was like, okay, well. He's probably to the point, I mean, obviously it's setting up, like, the the shtick of him getting pulled out and onto the lake. But he's probably, like, showing his son, he's like, this is how you put him on, this is how you're going to grab the rope, and, you know, and, and, we're, and we're getting ready, and we're ready, and we're ready, and oh no, we're in trouble, what do you do? What? Let go of the rope. And like, he's trying to give, he's trying to give him like the 101 on everything, but you're right. Like, why is he all decked out already? Like, why is he looking like he's already going to go skiing? And I mean, if, if anything had happened, like by accident, like if, if Chet had given the signal and Roman like fired up the boat and started going, imagine if like Ben was still holding onto the rope and he just got like dragged down the dock. Like that kid would have got messed up. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, but uh, that itself, I think, is is sort of some some outdated comedy. Like, right. look at this crazy situation that's gonna happen, and it didn't drop the rope. Yeah. The the kind of like uh, balancing everything at once, like whoa, whoa, whoa. There's we're conveniently put a ski ramp in the reeds. <laughs> oh, look at that big jump! I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! He lands with, um, you know, synchronized skiers, and you know, and he's right. whoa, whoa. <laughs> and it looks like we have a new uh, entry. <laughs> oh my, you know, he wins first place. <laughs> so when they go horseback riding, see, this is where I think the uh, the more of a steady hand on the tilt. If they had cut out five or ten minutes of freaking the oldest son trying to get a hand job down at the marina, <laughs> and and added in parts illustrating why John Candy is so exhausted and disheveled when he gets back to the stables after the horse ride. Oh, yeah. Because it's just sort of like the horse runs off and then the family's at the stables and here he comes, but there's no real setup in between to like why he's know, dirty. Lend, lend that. Yeah. Lend that scene a little bit more authenticity or at least you milk some more laughs out of it. Like I don't know. I think it could have been way funnier had the, like, but I guess they already did that, like, oh no, the boat is loose, instead of doing, but instead of doing maybe that laugh of doing, like, he gets on the horse, like, backwards, or, you know, or, you know, he's, like, on the horse, and it just takes off down, like, a double diamond trail, and he's like, no! Maybe, yeah. Like if he if he suddenly like rides past the family as they're all resting, and he's all like, they're like, "What was that?" Oh, Chet's going down the new trail. Okay, like, <laughs> I mean, that could have been funny. That could have been great for that. But I mean, I kinda, I'm kind of with Jack in some ways where I think you you have two fantastic actors in this movie, and they're not used to the best of their abilities. Again, despite the fact me like like really liking this movie, but Dan Aykroyd and John Candy are not used to their skills. If you would have again. As Jack had put, taking away the time that in the effort of the son trying to like get with Cammy, you could have focused more like hell. What if we saw Chet win like a go kart race? Like how awesome would that have been? Also a little kind of like a homage to future uh, like heavyweights 
I think that would have been hilarious. Uh, Dan Aykroyd maybe trying to make like a sale on a local guy saying like, hey, I have an investment. And I mean, if he just if he, you know, leaves uh, if he leaves the town, like who's going to come catch him? You know what I mean? Yeah, or even throw like a Ghostbusters boat in there, like the cabin's haunted or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit cheesy, but he did repeat the line after they got the bat, apparently. Uh, when they caught Slimer and he said, like, we got it, we got it. So he did repeat, like, that, sim- that same line. The bat, the um, bat part is, is not too okay, bad. I'll- I'm like, okay, there we go. This is No, this is I think the bat part, the bat part's funny. I've actually, like, I've been attacked by a bat uh, uh, back when I was in high school. Swear to me. <laughs> and it is as freaky. Kind of like, you know, when Chet walks back into the house and it like flies right by and he's all like, it, uh, it, 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 it breathes me. It's, 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 it's gotta be a two pounder. Uh, it's much bigger than I thought. Like I had a bat like fly down swoop and like, l- like come at my head. It's, it's a freaky thing in the dark. So I, I kind of like understood exactly what they're doing, but the amount of like fear that everyone is putting in over the top. And I know it's a PG family friendly comedy and it's supposed to be that type of antics, but no one should be freaking out that much. The part with the leeches where like they quote unquote fell asleep <laughs> on the boat. I don't know why I think that's funny. Uh, that, that, that seems like sort of an afterthought exactly. as well. Like, a lot of these kind of moments are, Ooh, we'll make a montage of like, da, 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 da. Uh, you know, just, yeah. like oh, and, and, like they have the they have the leeches, and then like the next scene, they're cooking and barbecuing, and Roman accidentally drops a beer, but he hands that beer to Chet, and Chet opens it, and the beer explodes, and Roman gets to laugh with all of them at Chet. Like sure, as he's putting hot dogs on the grill, there's a raccoon taking them off, and so when he looks back, he's like, <laughs> "I thought I put one on here," and puts another. <laughs> Or like, uh, you know, Roman uh, and and the wife are going to leave the cabin, take the kids down to the lake for a little bit. And, uh, you know, cue, and this is after fishing, cue, you know, a little bit of like, you know, a a scene of John Candy and his wife going to the bedroom. And then when everyone gets back, like, they notice on the back of the wife's neck is a leech. Like, that would have been like, like nice little like comedy gold. Or they're like, oh, 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 I see what, <laughs> what you, were you yeah, doing. Hooked yourself one over there, Chester. <laughs> Nothing. Were you down at the lake? <laughs> now, oh, the, gosh. I think the weakest introduction for the bear is that kids getting the kids that getting story? lost into the oh, mine. Oh, Jesus. Because that's all the girls are. They're just a MacGuffin to bring in the bear. They're so annoying. And I don't understand why this supposed cave, like, only has one entrance. Like, it's hollowed out there, but the one entrance is that slide going down. Like, they apparently can't go out any other way, but that that's that's the whole thing there. Uh, it's, it's the Goonies rule. There you go. You gotta oh, have yeah. the water slide. <laughs> you gotta have the water slide. I, man... Again, they don't talk for like three fourths of the movie. And then when they do, it's finally like, I want to go down first. No, I want to go down first. I found it. No, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, like, Uncle Chet, we had a really good time. Piss off, you little demons. It's so weak. And I think that when you have the B plot that goes nowhere, that it leans so much on the first, the A plot that you're like, well, that wasn't anything really to write too much home about you you have a very weak table that has no legs to stand on right i mean to be fair this was their last movie they stopped doing films after great outdoors was that and i think people john, know why did, 
was there drama on set between John Candy? And, oh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't find anything about these kids having any type of drama with anyone. I just don't. I think people kind of found out that they weren't really that good. But then again, it's identical twins. You know what? And identical twins can work wonder for the 80s if you need to, like, slap them in a random role. Go for it. So there was a t- I, I did do a little bit of research on this and I kept trying to find out, did John Candy actually do the old... Uh, like, did he do the actual food challenge of the old 96er? Oh, the old 96er? No. Yeah. I, I do love that that scene, though, when he's, like, clutching to <sighs> Roman's arm. And he's like, well, of course he's done it. There's one bite left, but he'll get it down. Oh, that's nothing but fat and gristle. And he's like, no, help me. And I love the wife. No. The wife is just like, oh, God, no. <laughs> or they, he listens to his uh, his stomach and oh, it's, it processed real well. Processing nicely. Yeah, the, it's the, go the, fine. the big like biker looking chef looks down and does like the apple <laughs> cheeks, like mm. bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> so this, in my mind, that food challenge comes from uh, the big Texan in Texas, where they don't serve a ninety six ounce steak. Okay, it's obviously. Not like a six pound steak, but they do have a 72 pound steak or 72, uh, 72 ounce uh, steak. And so that's four and a half pounds. That is their challenge. That is the big Texan challenge. And a few people have actually done it. I know that the fastest contestant to ever eat the 72 ounce steak did it in, I believe it was a minute 30. What did he do? Throw it in a blender? I should mention that the contestant was a Bengal tiger, but... (laughs) You serve that up, you son of a bitch. (laughs) But it's the same thing. If you finish it all, you get it for free. I believe the rest of your party finishes for free. But it's not just the steak. Like, in in this movie, he just has to finish the steak. In the reality, you got to finish the 72-ounce steak. you got to finish the baked potato, the shrimp cocktail, and a salad. During food challenges, Nathan's done one or two of them, you find ways of kind of sabotaging the people that are doing it by introducing something like that where it's yeah the steak part of it is doable but when you introduce things like a pound of french fries or or just like things that are so heavy time consuming to eat the monotony of chewing steak Steak, steak, steak. Oh, it, sure. It does take a lot. And that's why a lot of... Not to mention, that would just sit yes. in your stomach yeah. like a stone. A I mean, steak. it's the same reason why, like, when they have the hot dog challenges, people started realizing, like, I can't just eat bread. Oh, my gosh, that'd be so much chewing. Ugh. And they started, like, dunking it in the water. And then they started just, like, essentially just, like, you know, goosing Kobe it. They started Ashi, swallowing it all board. down. Did you guys ever watch that? He uh, is... Yes! We are... <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, the man is a beast. And I mean, ironically enough, and this kind of brings us back to the film with a hot dog eating challenge with Roman's character of saying, like, you know what they make hot dogs out of, you know, lips and assholes. Dan Aykroyd in a few years later with John Candy in what is it? uh, Nothing but trouble. I fucking love that movie. It's so good. And they fucking are just chowing down on hot dogs in the in the dinner scene. So, I mean, I think it's hilarious and ironic for it. This is how I do it. I suggest you do the same. I'm so glad that 
I think it was Jack, honestly. I think you entered, I think you brought that movie to my attention. I think for years I had seen it on like the rental shelves and I just never rented it. I never came around to it. I don't know why I didn't because it had freaking John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, and it's like, it's one of the Chevy Chase movies besides like the vacation films and uh, the uh, the golfing one. Uh, Caddyshack. That, Caddyshack. Like, I didn't like his standalone stuff like Fletcher and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Memoirs of an Invisible but, Man is not bad. Fletch is, Fletch yeah, is okay. Fletch, Fletch too yeah. is bad. But Nothing But Trouble is just so just outlandish and almost disturbing uh, in its its setting. And my buddy Sean, uh, he came over for a sleepover at some point while we were in middle school. And that was one of the movies that we had stayed up watching. So that's like like our our quotable thing where like there's one scene where uh, the Shire Reeve throws a stuffed uh, cat at uh, (laughs) uh, and you just hear him go, oh, my muscles! Ah!" It's just it's a real 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 deranged movie. It's uh yeah. if I if I get a uh a genre out of the next Bilbo grab baggins that would fit, uh I I will I will I, we will do nothing but trouble. I don't even know what that would fit. I'm trying to think. Like law, law enforcement? <laughs> Maybe that's a small uh, cuz uh, didn't we already do cop movie? I think we did. I you think that did was me doing uh, Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard, yeah, yeah you so. did Die Hard. So I was looking it up. Oh, it is Nathan. It is it's, it is something else. Young Demi Moore. Yeah, uh, John Candy plays uh, like the sheriff and the son of the uh, the judge of the Shire like a t- Reeve. Two bit son. He also plays uh, a, a, his sister. Uh, so it's John Candy in drag who is mute, who just like sub vocalizes all of her responses. So good. All right. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, the, uh, the he just died li- recently, but it uh, Humpty is in it as well. Uh, do the Humpty Hump. <laughs> do the Humpty Hump. That's like their musical number in the movie. It's oh, always nice gosh. when like musicians. I, I always like little cameos like that of a musician or a rapper. You know, it's maybe not exe- uh, built for them, uh, but they're they're kind of sh- either shoehorned in it. I like that. Um, I'm good about. I'm good with that. Segmentes? Do we segmentes? Uh, we can segmentes. Segments. <laughs> Aha! This is a segment. We found these segments in the forest. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Segment number one. The old 96er. The challenge is set, the gauntlet has been thrown, and the meat has been cooked. Chester feels confident that he can take down the infamous old 96er, but he soon learns that it might be a bigger bite than he can chew. Luckily, he finishes, but not before the fear in his eyes is apparent as he claws Roman's sleeve for help. (laughs) Now... This might take some research on your part, but what is a food challenge that you would like to take part in and even may have a chance at succeeding in? Where is it located? Is there a prize? And finally, what are you chowing down I on? I read this one wrong, as I know, as I often do. Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> do, do you want me to no. go first? Well, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just going to go with, because I thought this was what food challenges have you done, assuming... Because, oh. because oh 
I maybe love that's, food. Maybe that'd be your bonus question. Well, it takes my love of food <laughs> with a hint of challenge of your personal best, Nathan, and then it gives you this little baby that you put in your belly, <laughs> and you have to poop it out later. It's great. Three to well, four, I mean, Katie Curix. <laughs> That's so, I mean, you can still talk about, do. like, one that you've done. I mean, obviously, it was one that you wanted to do, I'm or you wouldn't have done two. it. Jack, you go first. All right. So, I love watching food challenges. Like, I, I when it first came out, I loved Man vs. Food. Yeah, I, it was I good. don't mind that sort of thing from an entertainment viewpoint. But I would never take part in a food challenge because i hate being uncomfortably full like it's just a feeling that like and i know nathan like your excitement over thanksgiving dinner is is palpable <laughs> like you're sharpening your knives like weeks ahead of time for we, whereas i am more of a grazer i i go for the long haul rather than the the uh the acute uh, overload. So I, I would not pick a food challenge. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned this before in another episode, but I did a little bit more background research. I would take us to a place called the Augusteiner Bierstabel in Salzburg, Austria, a 600-year-old monastery that the monks were famous for brewing their beer in. And now that is a one giant beer hall. And lining the main drag through the monastery are these generationally owned stalls of there's the sausage guy. There's the pretzel and crusty roll guy. There's just one one person who sells like different types of mustard, smoked fish, roasted meats, and just go there at like noon and not leave till midnight and just graze and drink beer and have fun that entire time. That, that sounds great. Would, that's more in my wheelhouse rather than I'm going to eat 34 pounds of pizza. Like <laughs> I, I don't want to do that because I'll probably just end up either throwing up hating myself probably both or like some of the like the hot wing challenges like that comes out like they that's like you're that, that's hot fire on your b-hole and uh i, I don't want to do that after eating like 150 chicken wings I never understood things like that where they wanted to eat like you're right, like super spicy chicken wings. Or I've actually watched like hot pepper challenge eating contests where like people are like chewy, just chowing down and like engulfing. I think it was like like 30 jalapenos like as fast as they can. And I'm like, why? Why? Who's this for? Yeah. Uh, there's a new place in town. It's called Baba's Hot Chicken. And I got it. I got their hot. It was, you know, their their next hottest was extreme or something like that. And, and it, it was hot. I'll give it to them. It it actually gave me the hiccups while I was eating the sandwich. But it was no, there was no flavor to it. It was just like heat. heat. And so, I mean, if if you're gonna advertise yourself as like, you know, the hottest chicken or you know, the hottest wing sauce, like at least make it taste good. Mm. Like, right. oh, the main ingredient in this is pure capsaicin. Fuck you. <laughs> And children's tears. <laughs> Angry Chicks uh, down in the Southwest has a, a decent chicken sandwich uh, that they do, and they can do quite hot flavors. But again, at those fla those levels, you start losing taste and just getting more heat. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that's my that's my my food challenge. It's not so much of a food mm. challenge, but a food vacation. Right. I I would personally like to attempt. It was it was almost a tie between two things, but I'm going to talk about one. So in Lamita, California, at a place called Sushi Delight, there is the food challenge of the Godzilla roll. It is a six pound 
spicy tuna, lobster, imitation crab, and 15 other ingredients, all wrapped in seaweed and covered in three sauces. So, <laughs> six pounds of sushi. Ooh. Uh, you have to finish in an hour. If you do, you get the $35 roll for free. And for some reason, $35 for six pounds of sushi... Seems a little does suspect. Not, like, it, that is does it $35 because mercury poisoning is for free? <laughs> I'll take this roll to go and, uh, you know what, make, make it two. Make it two. Uh, I don't even need to do the challenge. Right. I'll just eat it. Hey, hey uh, Utah, Utah. Utah. Over the weekend. Give it, Give it two. two. Give it two. <laughs> so $35 uh, roll is, is for free if you do it in an hour, as well as a t-shirt that says, I Tame the Beast. And your picture is on the wall of fame. You fail... And your picture goes on the wall of shame. So I think that was one that I thought would be great. The other, just for a quick kind of like highlight, it's in Vegas. It's at Faux 87s in what they call the Fozilla Challenge. It is an 11-pound bowl of pho. I mean, that's a lot of liquid. Liquid. And you have to do it in 33 minutes. Now, they've had so many people challenge for it that an entry fee is required. And if you actually do win it... Your name goes into a drawing for the jackpot, which at the current time of this article was uh, close to two grand. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, the the <laughs> faux challenge or pho challenge, that I could see that being tough because I like my suit soup piping hot. Uh, mm. So it's like you'd almost have to, would, then you'd have to like throw ice cubes in it and do some sort of underhanded shit. And then and and that's more water. In, just gulping down <laughs> soup. I don't know. <clears throat> Not for me, gentlemen. The t- <laughs> the two challenges that I'm going to talk mustache. about with you today are um, both local, and uh, both I completed. Uh, the first one is the six six one burger at Juicy Burger. That is uh, six patties, six pieces of cheese, one pound of fries. In under six minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, Get Nathan here. accomplished this. And ben, I did feel you no what shame. Jack was talking about, the uncomfortable um, filling. That, that I don't even want to move. Like, don't touch me. Um, don't look at me. The big kicker was those french fries. A pound of french fries really... Of course it was. The meats... Now, here's, here's the question, though. Were they just fried normally uh, the, the or were they fries? double fried? No, they're they're just single fried. I think. I, yeah, that I know of. Single fried? Are they? Were they thick cut they're, fries yeah, or like regular fries? Uh, again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I uh, did you bother I mean, with it, condiments it on the fries? No, yeah. God no. Well, I did. No, know. I'm, not a, I'm not a ketchup man. <laughs> did you, but let that be known. Did that you I'm eat? Not did you a ketchup man? One bit. So there was no food loop. <laughs> no food loop is what I'm hearing. Um, one. I, I often. W- what time did you do it in? Under six minutes. Six. I know, six, under six did, minutes. He said. Did you do I it in like tw- five minutes and forty five seconds? Maybe like 20, 20 seconds or so to spare. Uh, not so like five forty. Yeah, it wasn't like I was leaps and bounds. Uh, Jeez. Did you did you just sort of shudder back in your seat in relief like uh, Ed Harris from Apollo thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I normally do a four by four at In and Out. Like that's a that's an oh, Good that's no good. Yeah, I love that's, <laughs> that's a Sunday. That's a Sunday. <laughs> nothing. But anyway, so six six one burger at Juicy Burger done. And the second one, and this is going to be a little shout out to our buddy Chukaza because he actually 
was with me and performed this food challenge with me. The Pita Paradise uh, has a well, had it's under new ownership, and I don't know if they do uh, the food challenge anymore. But they used to have a three foot hurricane, um, and so it's six pita bread pieces, and it's they call it the monster. So it's like basically six monsters in a line. There's two of you. It, it can be done, you know, in in a pair. And you have one hour to complete it, and the prize was a hundred dollars, and we we killed it. Chukaza did not meet me in the middle. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> you you were like, doing the oh, leg work there. You're still on number two, and still, when I finished <laughs> my third, I was like, "All right, ooh, you are still going, okay." And we, but we finished it, and. Slam dunk. There we go. Done. I like food mm. challenges. So if you had to break it into proportion, how much of that challenge do you think you knocked out yourself? Two thirds? Yes. Okay. And I uh, man. I've done a like just, did you did you look up at one point with like just filling falling out of your mouth going, What are you willing to do? <laughs> yeah, Dago what? Oh, get it full just like a Dago. When I was in high school, what, uh, <laughs> Jesus, uh, our our high school youth group had like a had like a, a challenge where I don't know why they were like, OK, who thinks that they can, you know, drink this six pack of soda and these, you know, like two cans of country time lemonade the fastest. And they had myself and another kid go up against each other. And I don't know why. Like, this is just something that, like, I've personally been proud of. I don't know if it's necessarily fast, but like I finished like the six pack of squirt and the two cans of country time lemonade in 12 minutes. Like just chugging, 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 chugging. And I think I thought that was pretty good. Now, don't get me wrong. I hated myself afterwards because it was horribly uncomfortable because it's not just food. That's just now like all like carbonation on top of carbonation expanding plus liquid. Oh, listeners at home. If you can hear my dog, Beverly uh, sound like she's plaintively whining in the background, like some poor abused dog. It's because she's on her bed, chewing her bone that was, was filled with peanut butter. And the only peanut butter that's left is unreachable to her. So she's literally just, (laughs) bitching at this bone uh, oh beverly i know no no yeah we'll, we'll take you back to the pound your life isn't good enough here you won't hold on let me get you, you some more peanut know. butter there you go <laughs> uh, right. so yeah food challenges uh, i love but them. If, you, right. if i step on that bone again in the middle oh. of the night i will, I will oh, shave you. No. oh lord let's move on segment two in fact I don't remember anyone inviting you at all. Chester deals with the fact that his brother-in-law, Roman, has crashed his family vacation the best way that he can. But that doesn't change the fact that most of Chet's plans for relaxation and bonding with his boys are being sidelined for what Roman thinks is best. Have you ever had a family member or extended family or step-siblings, what have you, step on your toes or completely take over an event putting uh, uh, an event that you were putting on, you know, putting what they wanted uh, first. And that was supposed to be all up to you. What did they change? How did it, how did it all turn out? So I'll, I'll start this one. Uh, so my brother, when he was going to get married, asked me to be his best man. I, of course, accepted and I was very gracious with it and uh, flattered that he that he uh, asked. Now, as best man, typically it is the responsibility 
of the best man to do the bachelor party, plan things out, make things fun. I was not given this option. <laughs> so every single thing that I had started planning for the bachelor party, I was immediately candy told. Candy corn shooters? That's a given. Yeah, of course. Candy corn shooters. <laughs> every, everything that I thought of that was uh, going to be a fun thing to do, I was immediately told was not going to happen. I had, with the help of, of some friends, like mapped out like a pub crawl downtown and we were going to go around like downtown Bakersfield. I knew people who had like worked at Sandrini's that were going to give us like some discounts and have some fun. But uh, no, I was told that this was yeah. not going to take place and that uh, my job had already been done for me. The replacement activity was taking all of his groomsmen and myself to a ba, Dodger ba, game. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a, fo- a baseball fan. Now, I am I am not a baseball fan. So am I looking at a guy who spent $300 <laughs> on Dodger Dogs? No. Not for yourself, but I'm like, hungry. buy everyone a Dodger <laughs> Dog, and it's like... <laughs> I'm hungry. So he even got us seats in that, like, all-you-can-eat section. You know <laughs> what I mean? All you like, can, it comes in pints? <laughs> it comes in pints? So it's like unlimited soda, unlimited hot We've dogs, hot and dog, I even yes. think, like, unlimited nachos. <laughs> oh, I could I could do damage to myself there. Right. And so, I mean, even myself, and I, I, I love me some nachos, and I'll take it, I'll take, and they, it wasn't like Dodger dogs, they had, like, normal hot dogs. But either way, it doesn't matter. It was, it was free food the entire day, but sorry for those of our fans out there who are diehard nuggets for baseball. I, I can't fucking stand yeah, it. Yeah. And I was so bored out of my mind. I left hat. I left halfway through the game and I went out to the car and I took a nap. So I, I abandoned oh, I my, I would have made myself sick. I would like, if I was, oh. had to go to the restroom, I was going to buy like a t-shirt or something. I'd take two hot dogs with me just for walking around dogs. <laughs> Put them in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd be like Frank from always sunny in Philadelphia. Just like my, my breast pocket just has two hot dogs shoved in them. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I think part of me was also like still kind of pissed that like I was being brought to something that I absolutely hated. And I know it wasn't my day. I know it wasn't about me, but I was never given the chance. There's still time, Drew. There's still time. There's still time. You're both married. (laughs) For you. You you can just plan your own. I've had first marriage, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of second marriage? That that means because we had to compromise COVID wedding. I I don't mean I'm going to leave my wife. Um... I, I, I racked my brain trying to think of something that I was going to plan that got uh, interrupted by someone else and I was upset about. So one thing about Nathan is if I'm not the brook of the situation, then I don't push myself to be the brook of the situation. Brook is good at planning. Brook is our planner. Nathan is the ebb and flow kind of guy. So when there is a event happening, Nathan goes along for the ride. Nathan flow. I'm happy happy to just show up and find out that it's unlimited hot dogs. Woohoo! That's great. If someone else planned that, yay for you. Now, (laughs) thanks. Good for you. I don't plan this, but my 
sister and my sister-in-law was ex and then now is back. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, drama. Call that a boomerang. Um, They, which I don't know what's going to happen now with Thanksgiving, and you know that I, that is the most holiest of days besides, you know, the... (laughs) That, I just count that as the Lord's Day. That's where we honor our Lord Jesus Christ and we eat as much as we can. We you give, give thanks. thanks and copious amounts of food, as much food as... That's why I'm happy to, to go to different places. If that was my four Christmases, four Thanksgivings, I am a happy, happy man. Uh, I just see you come into the kitchen like the dad from a Christmas story, like ripping chunks of, of skin off the turkey. You're gonna miss not done yet. You're gonna make yourself sick, Nathan. <laughs> I will. By the way, by the way, Nathan, good call out for uh, four Christmases. That's actually a funny, fun. funny Mistletoe. movie. It is, and 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 as for the whole like, don't eat that. It's not done. You're gonna make myself. You're gonna make yourself sick. My dad would do that all the time. He would walk in and he would buy. He would like reach out and grab those like unbaked like dinner rolls that all like are placed together and he would just like walk away and just start eating on like the I mean they're like par baked I think it's like maybe like 25% baked but you just you put them in the oven and they finish off you brown them and they finish baking but it's like it's still raw dough and he's just like chowing down and I remember my mom always going like stop it Larry you're gonna make yourself sick and he just like would take another bite so, and stare at her can I can I share an egregious story about my wife real quick a little little, little side story <laughs> Of course, considering she's within distance of you, I would love so, to hear it. Uh, and she may be correct. She may correct me because I might get uh, parts of the story wrong. But I believe their parents were out one day and they had gotten either at the store or they just got it out of the refrigerator, a roll of cookie dough. Oh, they, no, they made cookie dough from scratch and then kept it in a Tupperware container in one of their closets. And they would just occasionally go over the course of what, a week? A month. Yeah, this had eggs in no. it. Raw eggs. It just, just, ha- and it was in the middle of summer. Just, just raw, sweaty, humid cookie dough. Okay. I mean, regardless, even if, even if it didn't have eggs, you, you still have you could shit about me with flour. Mix. Yeah, like, the flour is going to go bad. <laughs> At least it's just straight. Do you, do you still have one? Do you still have five boxes of that in your pantry? I'm just eating that with uh, my own liquid. Add water right here. Like. <laughs> Uh, One cup of Nathan shower water. <laughs> Mix thoroughly. Wow. Uh, well. Uh, uh, Drew, oh. sorry, did, did I interrupt? Yeah. No, that's just that's just the heebie-jeebies. I was gonna, I was going to say like even if like the eggs are not in it, you still have butter, and butter's going to go bad. Eggs. Like that'll Ron, still get moldy. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Oh. I, know. I, married, I married a monster. I'm a monster. I mean, obviously. <laughs> But yeah, so my, we love my you, sister Anna. and she's she said something to me, but she didn't raise her voice. I would be picked up from the microphone, so I don't know if it was a joke or a threat. Could it be both? You know, I could do real slutty things with a box of Velveeta okay. shells and cheese. They're so dirty. You should see the pi- you should and see cheesy. the pictures, Anna, that Jack sends us. <laughs> They're so dirty. <laughs> but yeah, my that's the only thing that um has ever been. Oh, it's my time, my turn to do Thanksgiving, and it was taken away from my sister. 
and then it became kind of this like divide and but i'm like the kid that's like yay double thanksgiving and now that i've married brooke it's like <laughs> ooh, how many thanksgivings can we get uh, done and then part of brooke's family takes the carcass and they make juke which is like the like soup weirdness amazingness so i'm i'm just happy Nobody fight or fight, so we make more divide and make more Thanksgivings. I'm okay with that. That's what you should oh. always do. You got to boil down that carcass. It's, uh, it's liquid gold. Jack, any uh, any events that you've? Yeah, well, so my uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, my grandpa Larry. Uh, Any time either we would go up to Cleveland or, or they would come down to visit in Dayton, we had a little tradition where. He would take us or take me to the arcade, uh, and the, we would either go to a place that was uh, on the uh, the riverfront or on the lakefront in uh, Cleveland called the Powerhouse, or there was like the local arcade that was like ten minutes away from home. And he would just bust out like twenty five, thirty dollars worth of fives, and just let me go hog wild. And he would like sit and read the paper or or do the crossword puzzle or some shit and like putting a five dollar bill into the coin machine and then like scooping out and feeling the weight <laughs> of the quarters like it's like i can feel the fun in my hand and so um my uh my aunt gail ended up marrying this guy uncle my uncle dan who in retrospect he sort of whined and dined and schmoozed his way uh into that marriage and so he, they came down to visit this was the first time we were meeting uncle dad and they my mom or my aunt had suggested like well why don't you take jack over to the arcade uh you know lynn and i are gonna go shopping or, or something like that so instead of just taking me to the arcade he took me out to beaver creek which is a bit of a truck from where we had lived to this place called captain bogies uh, so imagine camelot but like more on steroids even than camelot okay. it, it had like it had the bumper boats the batting cages the the go-karts and then it had like a two-floor arcade oh. Oh. but instead of just like letting me do my thing he would give me one dollar at a time so that you could only really play like one or two games and then like I felt like I was like I'd have to like go like kiss ass or something like just just give me the money let me play my games here and give me give me my like my budget yeah like don't like don't nickel and dime me on this here and uh, that was the only thing that we ever did together and he died last year, which was a bit of a blessing, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Mm. But even into my 30s, if I saw him, he would always say, remember that time when I took you to that bogey's place? Like, it was like clockwork. Within five minutes of seeing him, he would sort of bring this up and throw it in her face about how good buddies we were and this, that, and the other thing. And it, he... he he was odd. I think he was a functioning alcoholic or, or, or barely functioning alcoholic. But we had gone up and spent Christmas up in Cleveland and 
my sister and I went over to their house for a uh, just like a sleepover, like spend time with with my aunt. And he got drunk and just was mean and nasty to the point that my sister said to my mom when she picked us up the next morning, never leave us alone with him again. Not that there was like any sort of like shenanigans, creaking door opening in the middle of the night sort of malfeasance just because he was a nasty prick. And that's that's how we viewed him for the rest of his miserable life was he was just a nasty, selfish prick that sort of wined and dined into himself into my aunt's life. And this was my aunt's like third marriage. So like she didn't want to be like thrice divorced. So it just it was just bad all around. So, uh, Dan, mm. wherever you are, fuck you. Nah, here, here. All right, then. Let's get on to our last segment. I've never had a boyfriend for more than two weeks. Cammy opens up and reveals to Buck that she fears that she's just gonna be another, quote, vacation fling that'll be used and then forgotten once he leaves. When it's clear that she cares for him, this truth can be sobering. Have you yourself ever had a vacation romance? Maybe it was a camp coupling, a spring break hookup, or what have you. Was it worth it? Was there heartbreak? Or perhaps just fond memories? Uh, I'll take it first. Uh, we had gone on vacation to a place in Florida called Marco Island when I think I was like eighth grade freshman year in high school. And we, we stayed at this hotel and I got reverse camied. Uh, where it was a girl and her friend and they would basically drive to like where this knot of like hotels and resorts would be and like go walk around the beach and sort of like flirt with with guys and so we walked walked along the beach i think we kissed once we uh this is this is dating me very much because we exchanged icq handles and uh it was like aim before there was aim wow and yeah and it was just the letters i c and q icq so you could message people on your computer uh and it just got real annoying where like you know she i'd come back and there'd be these messages from was like where are you why aren't you talking to me like i bet you for four days we didn't even French kiss. Like, what do you want How from me? How serious do you think we are? <laughs> it's like, I live in Ohio. What, what, it's not like I'm just going to show up in Send fucking Marco Island. Picks. <laughs> this was Send. before that was even a, that was even a thing. I don't even think my 56K S-L. modem can handle that shit. S-L. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It was fun. Uh, it was a confidence boost for me. But it, it also it just was sort of like they used it to pass the time. And I, I was always wondering in the back of my mind, like, how many guys do you have on ICQ that you met like this? Like, do you just have, like, an open window of 20 chats and you're just copying and pasting shit into each one? Can't can't worry oh, about geez. that. You got to just focus that you're the only one. I did worry, Nathan. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, church camp experience, because... Uh, <laughs> Don't laugh. This was good. This was good. <laughs> This is real. No, this Jack. is this happens all the time. You laugh. Like, this is uh, real. The Wild West. <laughs> Boy, every year, baby, it was like, all right. Like, what happens in church camp? Jesus can't see. <laughs> it was never that crazy. Oh Christ, Anna! <laughs> oh my God, Anna! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The second year that I went, uh, I met a girl named Misty Tice, and <laughs> I stripper tell name. Me about it. Um, and I just was like really, like just into her. And my buddy was like 
she, did you gander? Did you covet? I, uh, <laughs> Were you covetous? Joanna, you, yeah. <laughs> we. So my buddy was like, had like the in with her because she had come from his church, and he was. But he like really started orchestrating more and more to it. Like, oh, like, are, are you gonna hang out with her? I'm like, oh, you know, let me just let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. And after the first couple days. I don't, we kind of got into like a little bit of a, a fight and it went from like a 10 to like really weird where you're like, I don't even know, like, are we friends? Like what the heck happened? And she like, didn't want to talk to me and was just kind of like shut me out. And then like right before the end of camp, we made out like a lot. I was like, Oh, like, so we're good. <laughs> Awesome! Yay! <laughs> and it was it was tons of fun. I loved it. But um that was the one and last time that I saw her. You know, just uh, And you remember her first and last name. Did, did you ever Facebook like like Nathan's had like a few too many Pepsis and you're like <laughs> Misty blah blah We're blah. Misty now. Um no my I've kept in You wanna make out talk with, about Jesus? <laughs> I've kept in good contact with that buddy that, you know, like, was kind of setting us up, whatever, and uh, he's <laughs> said a couple things, like, oh, yeah, like, she moved to, so you know, this place, or whatever, and she got married. I, I've She's in this shit town called Bakersfield. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nuggie, get the card. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Peppermeyer. No. Or Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> This magic moment. Yeah. No, that, so that's, uh, that's my story. Drew. Well, when uh, I was in my sophomore year, I think it was my sophomore year. Might have been like the beginning of my junior year. My my friend Tia had kind of like given me her friend's uh, like screen name. And this is this is the age of like, you know, AIM. And you're just like, you're talking to your friends and you're just, you know, hanging out on the online and whatnot. And we had all been like in like a group kind of like chat thing, messaging each other. And she had said, oh, hey, my friend Britt is coming into town and I think you would really like Britt. I think you guys would really hit it off well. And I mean, lo and behold, like we really did. And it was just like a fun spring break kind of like week thing just hanging out and going swimming sitting down watching movies and it was really like not a lot of like alone one-on-one -on -one time with each other but it was more just like sitting and bonding and just enjoying each other's company getting to know each other and whatnot and although what was like really hilarious is like we took a nap in my friend tia's bed and like you know the covers were pulled up and you know she comes into her bedroom and she's like what's going on? And we're like, it's fine. And she like rips off the covers and just like, you know, like the hands were supposed to be like, you know, like around like her waist. And like, I just look at her. And I'm like, Tia, it's fine. My hands are here, not here. And as I like cup her ass and I'm like, not here as I go, as I go for the boob. And I'm like, but here. <laughs> and it's still one of the funniest moments in my mind. Just look at her and I'm like, Tia, it's fine. My hands are I here. I could be doing not this. Here, not here, but here. But I'm not. <laughs> could be doing this. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, I don't know. It was it was a nice kind of like surreal, like happening for, I mean, personally for me. And, you know, when this, when spring break was kind of over, she, we took her back to the train station. She got back on her uh, train, went back to San Jose. And 
it was it was kind of like a sad parting. It really was. But we have we have remained very good friends. And ironically enough, she ended up marrying an Andrew. And I'm like, damn it, I was that close. So <laughs> don't you forget about, forget about me. No, she's she's doing great things. She's actually she's like a she's like an artist. It's a lot of fun. She she makes some really cool stuff. Damn you, bitch. Let's work this out. Oh, no, no. There was never any hard feelings. That's never good. anything. No, no, no. All good. So what would we rate this film? Uh, so if this film was the the old 96 or a 96 ounce beef stick, beef steak, not beef steak, beef stick, I'd give it, um, I think, 50 ounces. It's I, I do have some nostalgia for it and some feels, but upon watching it twice in the same week, uh, the second watch through was was a bit tough because it's sort of a one trick pony, uh, and there's mm. there's pacing issues. There's the weird uh, you know side plot with Cammy, um, and like Drew said, uh, John Candy and uh, Dan Aykroyd are just so underutilized in this film that it it, it, I, I, it it's unfortunate. There could have been so much more. I, I think. Yeah, that is probably the most well said part like what i mean they're underutilized and it just doesn't feel like it's a fully fleshed out story by any means if i was holding on to the rope and explaining this to someone <laughs> uh the boat takes off i would hold on to the rope for maybe five out of ten seconds and then i would let go that's what we do we let go so it's again it's a good watch fun the second watch is not a slog but it's just like you said it's a one trick pony and once you kind of know what's coming it's a background movie he hasn't shown up yet <laughs> crush the soda can <laughs> drew ah <sighs> Well, considering that they want to carry on the legacy with their families of, you know, good times and maybe even bringing them back to the cabin one day and spending time with their children. There are four kids. However, I think one of them probably should have been left in the cave. So I'm giving this a three out of four. And you really hate those <laughs> girls, don't you? <laughs> I don't like them. I'm sorry. I don't. I know it probably makes me seem like such a dick, but they, they bug me. You ever just like, I mean, like, you ever just like someone just bothers you and they've never done necessarily anything wrong to you. They just bug you. Uh, I've met Cody. <laughs> we love Cody. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, that was an easy target. That was, that was it's an elected position. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just, I don't know, they just bug me. But uh, it gets it gets a three out of four for me, not only for nostalgia, but I think some of the laughs still do hold up, despite the fact that the star actors are underutilized. And I think really at this point in time, I think John Hughes just piled his plate too high and he didn't really, he didn't have the time to give it the love that it deserved. This feels like, like it was... Uh... Like, this was Tremors 2. Like, I feel like there's a better Great Outdoors out there starring John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, but this was like the failed sequel that just didn't live up to the original, even though this is the one and only one that there is, so. Hmm. Ah, oh, but Jack, 
a Patreon for the Great Outdoors, please. Uh, this one is also called the uh, the Old Ninety Sixer. I will make one giant mecha sausage by linking and wrapping 96 sausages into one giganto <laughs> and for uh, uh hell we'll, we'll we'll do this at cost because you know me and my, my love of cased meats mm-hmm. i will i will create this monstrosity and uh serve it at your next uh you know family vacation or, or outdoor camping trip you know i will link it in almost like like the little bomblets from uh, the rock uh, yeah. uh, but it's just made out of sausages and then one more casing over the one giant casing over that and just could you imagine and they we could we'd have different sausages just a menagerie mm. i'll bring some ketchup nathan will bring the mustard yeah, ketchup yeah but but anyway <laughs> anyway uh, the old 96 or give me an excuse people give me i just need the excuse yeah i just need one and he doesn't even need a good one. He just needs Fourth of July is this week. Yeah. I may just say, well, I guess we're eating sausage for the rest oh, yeah. of July. I had a Patreon uh, request. So, yeah, I got to do it. Got to do it. Sorry, babe. That, that's happening. Yeah, so, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought they requested, I thought they request movies. Shut up. <laughs> Use, like, little smokies to fill in the gaps, almost like grout. Shored up. Oh, that's great. You get real, real like crazy the, with this. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. I like that. Uh, well, hey, guys, coming up, we are going to have our uh, our next Patreon chosen film. And that'll uh, that'll be from my mama. She chose a she chose a movie. And it's a uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be OK. I, I like the main lead, but. I'm not 100% sure if it's definitely not going to give us a uh, a Hallmark original feature kind of vibe. Yeah, and, and unlike Chariots of Fire, like I haven't seen this one, so it will at mm-hmm. least be new to me. Yep, 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 yep. Ah, but then after that, it's going to go back to Jack. And then do we know what we are doing? For military comedy. Military comedy. And then I'll be the Debbie Downer after that and bring it down with tragedy. Oh. <laughs> you have the smile, you have the sad face. <laughs> Action! <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I am. You know what? I'm not 100% sure exactly what I'm going to bring to the table at that point. It, it very well might be... I don't know if I want to do... Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to bring my screwball comedy because if we're going straight from tragedy, we're going to need bring to laugh. Up. So I think we're going to I think we're going to bring up the uh, the screwball comedy for it. So that'll be good. Yeah. But hey, guys, if you uh, always want to get a hold of us, please search for us up on Facebook. Search for the Riffles podcast. We are also up on Instagram and uh, at Twitter. We are at Real Feels Pod. If you want to, of course, call up the Tooch line. People, please call 661-376-0030. We would love to hear from you. You can also uh, send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Please call us Tooch me, baby. Tooch me, baby. Reach out and tooch me. Yes, I love it. Yes. 
You got the tooch. That's a little uh, Stan Bush, 1986, Transformers, the movie. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> That's the power of tooch. I feel like we need like a Patreon exclusive of us like making parody tracks just of the tooch line. I want to hear the tooch line call. No, that's, that's Pokemon uh, to, uh, to that 1999. No, hey, we could do it. We could do it. We could totally make it happen. Uh, tooch line. It's a tooch line. Call the tooch line. Call the tooch line. It's the tooch line. Leave a message. Leave a message. Leave a message. That about does Well, I think that just about does it. So, guys... Thank you for joining us this week on the Real Fills Podcast. Please stay tuned for next week for another episode of What Are You Watching? Can't wait to uh, fill you guys in on what we've been doing. And of course, you know, as always, we we have new movies that we've been watching, some TV shows that we're catching up on. Nathan still hasn't read anything. And uh, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. And uh, Jack is uh, Jack's been getting into some new gaming, so Ew. it'll it'll be a good thing. Well, until next time, guys. Thank you once again, and remember, you're the realist and the feelist. Somebody.